birds of a feather flock to try this ancient Irish sport. Keep listening to learn all about it. podcast. Today I am really excited to talk about falconry in Ireland. It's an activity that often ranks high on the list of visitors, mainly because it's not something that you can do just anywhere. So today I have Willie Ford joining me and Willie is the owner of Adair Country Pursuits which operates out of the Adair Manor in Adair County Limerick. So Willie, hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I hear that uh, it's a little wet right now for you, but, you know, it's Terrible spring. weather for us. Absolutely terrible. Uh, wind and rain, mm-hmm. and we don't like that. We get <laughs> enough of it, but we, we get too much of it. Uh, but, well, uh, not, not great at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> but it should blow through pretty quick, right? Well, we're looking forward to a, a, a better week next week. Beautiful. So, now, Adair Country Pursuits. Tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the company itself, the, the business, and how that kind of came about. Okay. All right. I'll give you a little bit of background, so, Jody, on this. Beautiful. Uh, I suppose my background, I've always been involved with, with training of animals, mainly dogs. Did a bit of hunting over falcons 35, 40 years ago. I used to go to Scotland for that with some friends. Really enjoyed it. Great fun. Uh, I've been, I train gun dogs, I train spaniels, I train retrievers, I compete with them in field trials, and I have done so, you know, successfully over the years. Uh, I suppose about 10 years ago, Adair Manor asked me would I consider setting up a falconry center in, on the grounds of Adair Manor. We did have falconers coming in, but they were, were they particularly wanted to have something that could be set up within the grounds of the manor, and that could be available to guests, you know, sort of at short notice, at a half an hour's notice, an hour's notice, that if a guest was at a loose end or a group, that they could go and do falconry. So we then, I then set about putting a collection together. I agreed on this, I suppose, about eight years ago. I decided, yes, look, we'll, have, we'll I'll do this. I always loved falconry anyway, so I said, I'll do this. So we started putting our collection together and uh, built a collection with, you know, we got a, a couple of falcons, Harris hawks, uh, even got a step eagle about five years ago. And we started, I think, about five years ago doing, actually doing the displays on the grounds of Adair Manor. When we decided to do this, the collection was small at the start. Mm-hmm. And we had a plan to build that collection. I put a plan together that we would build on that collection. And we started with, I think, six birds. We're now over 30 birds at this point, and the collection is almost complete. So the displays themselves, I suppose, the, the uh, what we try and do, we bring birds to displays for, for guests, and we try and make it educational and fun for people while this goes on. And, and it's really a nice setup because you kind of have a walled area that you work in. So it's it's very secluded from everything else going on on the estate. Yes, it is. Uh, we decided to use the wall garden for the displays because the wall garden was built around 1830, around the same time as the manor. It's it's copied on a design from a, from an estate in Wales. 
so the Wall Garden is, is pretty unique. Built in 1830, started in 1830, and uh, there's two sections to that, and, and it, is, it is actually, you know, considered a walled garden because this is where they produced all their, their, uh, their, their greenhouses in here and they did all the veg and all that for the, for the house and for the families. So we use that now. That is our location for the uh, for the for the falconry. And the way you run your falconry, I've noticed in the demonstrations that I've done in Ireland, everybody has kind of a different way of presenting the birds and then doing their falconry demonstration. And I think one of the things that I really liked about yours is that when we were setting up our falconry demonstration, you sent me the the pamphlet, the brochure, and said, you can choose the birds you want to to learn about. And so, you know, obviously we had our Harris hawk out there and we had um, a very large owl. But beyond that, we got to kind of choose the birds that we wanted to to know more about. So I know that when I was choosing that with my daughters, you know, one of them chose this this tiny, wee, little, cute bird, and another one chose a bird based on its name. And that was a really, really interesting experience, and it made it kind of nice because you were able to follow your own interests as well. Yeah. Yes, we, we do that, Jody. We, I think, have, you know, I looked at what happens in other play, other centers, mm-hmm. and I looked at what we should do in a dare manner, and we felt that, number one, we should make the, uh, the Falconry uh, session private. So if it's for a family, a small group, a couple of children, it's private for them. We don't mix people in together. You'll never have a situation where you're in with another family or another group, and this is important for us, in, especially in relation to children and, uh, you know, the uh, the care of children and, uh, with you know, and making sure that everything is done and, uh, you know, we have certain restrictions here with photographs and that yes. and strangers taking photographs. So we try to avoid all that. So we, to do that, we went private with everything. Mm-hmm. We created a brochure there two years ago. We started putting it together. And again, to, I suppose to distinguish ourselves from, from other areas, we decided then that we would allow people to select for a, a typical display, we would have eight boards, eight individual boards. So we decided we would allow people to select six boards and we would select a board or two, including Harris Hawk. So they could look at the brochure, pick the boards they wanted. If any of them were off for any reason, we would advise in advance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if they were going through a malt or something like that. Uh, so we, we thought we would make it pretty unique for people by doing that. And I think this has, has actually worked very well uh, with guests. Guests really, you know, they start to enjoy the experience before they even meet us because they get the, the opportunity to read a little about these birds to see a nice photograph of them. We send them a soft copy to see a nice photograph, a little bit of information on the board, and they can make their selection then for their uh, for their displays. And that worked out. I mean, it was, it was kind of nice because we knew a little bit about what we were going to be expecting, and then you really just took the experience above and beyond because – you when you set it up you have the birds are all on their their perches in the garden and then you work through you know the information of each bird you remove it from the perch you have a chance to hold the bird and 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 learn about it and that was really um very in depth on you know and for every bird so it was 
you know, an experience that I hadn't had before, and it was really, really nice. Yes, we do that, and uh, we have we let people handle all the birds. Our birds are mainly imprints. They are not tame, but they are trained to be comfortable around people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they will quite happily sit on someone's love. So by having them imprinted and comfortable with people, we can do that. It's not. It's safe for the birds. It's safe for the for the guests. And you know, having a bird sitting on your hand or flying a bird freely to it, someone's loved hand, is a is an amazing experience for people. Coupled with that, we give lots of information on each particular bird as we go along. So, uh, you know, and again, this helps people ask questions. We encourage people to ask questions. And we always try and make it a bit of fun that people can enjoy it and that, you know, there's a bit of banter going on. And uh, mm-hmm. as I say, we give, we give, we, we are, you know, we're telling people about these birds all the time as we go. Right. And and then, like you said, you do finish with the demonstration of the, the Harris Hawks coming to your hand which is always yes. exciting. Yeah, and in actual fact, Jody, we have changed, you know, since your visit, we have decided now that uh, we're going to fly, we fly several birds, you know, freely during the oh, display. Oh, very nice. So we've changed it up, we've changed it up again, just to make it again more interesting mm-hmm. for people. So now, for example, we could fly the snowy owl, we could fly Oscar the eagle owl, we can fly one of the falcons, one of the other, maybe the bar, one of the barn owls, and we can actually get get. We don't fly the the. We fly the, the eagle owl to a perch. Mm-hmm. The other birds we can fly to a dove, and then we would, uh, you know, we would fly the Harris hawks freely at the finish, and maybe go for for a walk with the guests through the woods, through an area there that we have, you know, dedicated for the for the uh, hawk walks. Oh, that's exciting! I, I love how you, um, you know, kind of keep things fresh and and moving forward. Always, you're always just kind of looking to see what the next thing is. It seems like. Yeah, and it, 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 that's, it is, and that's important for us. You know, we just like to keep the thing going. And again, since you were with us, Jody, we have, we have added to the collection considerably. We've added maybe eight birds to the oh, collection wow. since we, you were with us. We, have, we now have five eagles with us. We have uh, two American bald eagles. We have a male and female American bald eagle. Now, it's important that they say all these birds are bred in captivity. Right. They are not taken from the wild. We have a golden eagle, a steppe eagle, and the latest addition is a young African fish eagle, which we are just starting to train. In, we just started maybe two weeks ago to train wow. this young bird, and it's, uh, it's fantastic. So, you know, and again, when, the, the, uh, when we start going properly again in the summer, when we start to get busy, we're looking at doing... Uh, possibly doing some eagle displays that we'll have five or six eagles because I have a plan to introduce maybe two more eagles. We'll go to seven or eight eagles in total. Wow. And to do eagle displays with eagles flying, that people will see them flying, and also that people will be able to, that guests will be able to hold the eagles on that glove. Needless to say, we give them a very strong glove. We make <laughs> sure everything is done safely. And, uh, and the falcon or is always, you know, very, very standing right next to the guests, just reversing the boards up on that love. And we do this, we've done this with the, with the bald eagle, we've, we've already did this with the golden eagle, 
And even though they're very powerful birds, they're quite relaxed and quite comf- and very comfortable, as I say, around people. The eagles, I have to say, they are not imprints. We don't imprint eagles. Okay. Eagles are crash-reared. It's a, it's a whole different story, I suppose. <laughs> well, and, you know, that brings up a really good point. I know something that I'm asked often when families are, are looking at doing um, a hawk walk or a falconry visit is they want to know that the animals are being, you know, well cared for and, you know, just yes. the, the, hum, the humane issues. So, and, of course, and of there course, are ethical considerations. Right, and, and of course, I mean... I, I always tell them, you know, falconry is not something that you get into as a, you know, once in a while hobby. I mean, this is a full time. These these birds are, I mean, probably more needy than children, in all honesty. Right. <laughs> yes. And, you know, the, 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 very good question, because, you know, it is important that the birds are well looked after. And. You know, at their country pursuits, when we started off, there was one person with me. There's now up to, you know, busy times, we have up to six, but there's always at least three of us involved in handling the birds. And, you know, we also have a zoo license. We have, uh, we are, you know, this is very controlled stringently by the National Parks and Wildlife. I applied for a zoo license when I started operating there five, five and a half years ago. We have a zoo license now for the last three years. It takes it actually it takes the department a little bit of time to get around. <laughs> but they eventually came to us. We have our zoo license and now in the meantime we're also inspected by National Parks and Wildlife. The care and control of the birds is of paramount importance. So, you know, every day each bird is weighed. We check their weights, we check their we check them physically, we make sure that there's no injuries and uh, so the, the, the care of the birds is very important. Whether we need it or not, we still have two visits from, from our, mm-hmm. our veterinary team per annum. And we also, of course, do, uh, we do testing of all birds for, with bloods and fecal samples and that twice annually also. And this, again, makes sure that the birds are healthy, that they're fit, that they're in good condition. And if things like, you know, if anything happens, parasites, anything like that, they're all dealt with very efficiently then by uh, by treat, good treatment. Right, and and I know that, you know, just from speaking with you and with other falconers, I mean, it's not something that you can take a day off from. I mean, if, if no. you have if you have the birds, I mean, either you or someone else every day, they have to be out, they have to be exercised, so. Johnny, it's 365 <laughs> days per, per annum. <laughs> Christmas Day, we have to go out there. We have to go out. We have to take the birds out. We have to weigh them. We have to check them. We have to make sure they have water. We have to make sure that everything is in order. We have a a pretty large uh, area for our aviary. We're in an old equestrian center. The birds are all penned individually, except some of the harvest hawks that have been crashed are penned together in, in their aviaries together. But that's the only situation where you would have them uh, collectively in a, right. in, a, in a pen. We do have to check them every day of the year. We have to handle them, check them, look at them, and make sure everything is okay. So it's not something that someone gets into just to say, look, I get a board and say, look, I'll be able to take him out two days a week, and right. someone else can look after him, the other five. You can't do that. They have to be looked after. They have to be looked after like, very well. And again, Parks and Wildlife, they, they are the body here, the government body who, who control 
uh, and the issuing of licenses. Everything is done on the license. Every board is is uh, has to have a, a ring number. Yes, you know you have to know the breeding history. You have to know where the birds have come from, and uh, they're all registered with National Parks and Wildlife. Unfortunately, with the exception of some of the owls, but they may get around to doing that in the in the near future. It's definitely so, not something that that somebody's going to pick up one day and and just get started, which no, makes it all the more rare. No, it does, and you know, even to get a license in this country, a person would have to have they'd have to have a mentor in place, or they would have to have someone if it's a bigger setup. They would have to employ someone with experience. To right. get going, so it is. It is. Uh, it's not something you can just start at. Uh, you know, to drop a bat. It takes time to get into this, and and the people involved, they have to have experience. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of a turn there because falconry is not the only thing that Adair Country Pursuits offers. No, we also, we offer archery. Uh, it's something we, we practice a bit ourselves outside on the grounds. It's something that I've been involved in with clubs and Liam has been involved with. Uh, so we offer archery and when we start off again, come this the end of this year, we will also be offering clay pigeon shooting oh, nice. and possibly some other activities. But with the clay pigeon shooting, we will definitely have archery and the falconry will be will be there also. Well, and I know that uh, the archery experience that we had was really helpful because, you know, we've, we actually, you know, kind of, my girls do a little bit of, you know, playing with, with a bit of archery, but nothing, you know, right. you know, they hadn't been properly taught, I suppose, is the best yeah, way yeah. to state it. And so it was so helpful, you know, for you to, you know, line us up and get our stance right and, and really teach us, yeah. teach us how to do it correctly. And it was, it was great fun. Well, it is great fun. And we often find, Jody, that guests come into us and the targets are four foot square. And the first five shots, they'll be lucky to hit the target once. The amazing thing is that once we get them shooting and we show them our system, they, people come in and they, you know, they've seen archery on TV, they watch the Cowboys and Indians, they see the, 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 you know, the Hunger Games, and everyone thinks this is the way to shoot, you know. So we show them a very simple. We have a very simple method for training people and getting them shooting and. You know, it works very well, and I've even had experience, people with some experience coming in and changing to our system because they found it easier to aim, to hit the targets. And I have to say that, you know, guests really love it. Once they start hitting the targets, they start getting into the yellow, they just love it. And it makes it all the more interesting for them and, and for us also. It, it's great fun. It's great fun. Now, it is, yeah. as we've mentioned, you are located at Adair Manor. And Adair Manor yes. has been closed for a little while and will be closed until I believe it's September or October this year? Correct, yeah. Adair Manor closed down uh, last January 12 months and closed down for a major reform. They're doing a fantastic job there in the hotel. They're building on, uh, you know, we're going to go over, I think it's 104 from a 60 bedroom hotel up to over 100 rooms conference and banqueting facilities for I think up to 400 people uh, which we didn't have in the past mm -hmm. so they're, they're doing an amazing job on it. the golf course they've done work on the golf course the golf club that opened in 1999 they've actually just 
you know, almost demolished the building with the exception of the areas that would have been protected by conservation orders. The older parts of the building were all retained and, uh, and uh, you know, a very, very good job done on them. So it's been, it's a massive job. It's still going on. There's hundreds of people walking out there. And the plan is that they open in September. As far as I know, they're taking weddings and groups in for December, but opening for, for you know, for individuals booking in September in the hotel. And it's going to be absolutely off the scale this, when they finish this job. It's just going to be incredible. They're doing an amazing job on it. But so we're all looking forward to this opening up. Oh, I bet. Now, I do want to say... Even through all this, the uh, the villas that are there on the on the grounds, and then you, ha I mean, have been working this whole time. So that hasn't um, that hasn't you know kind of closed you down. Things are still rolling, no. just at a different pace. So we've been yes, we've been we've been working away with uh, with uh, you know the villa guests. The villas there's 46 villas on the resort. There's 25 townhouses. And uh, the villas have been open for, to guests throughout uh, the refurb works. Uh, the townhouses have been um, available for guests uh, during the, the refurb works. Mm -hmm. So we've been kept busy with, you know, with guests from the villas. And also we do, of course, we do take non-residents in all the time. And going forward, you know, with the new ownership, and now we will be doing that also in the future, in particular for archery and, and falconry. So non-residents will be able to come in and partake in those, in those activities. But it's been going, we have been kept, you know, we, nothing like 2015, but we've been kept ticking over, which I'm very, very, which I'm very happy with. That's excellent. On, on the uh, you know, topic of Adair Manor and all these updates, um, you probably have a little more insight than most people. What what do you think is going to be the really exciting thing coming out of the the refurbishment and the the you know new grand opening? I suppose. Well, I think the, the refurbishment itself. You know, I, I Jody, just a, a little history of myself. I worked in the Dale Manor for 18 years as facilities manager. Uh, started uh, activities, a separate company, even as the facilities manager in the Dale Manor. I've stepped away from that now, so I would know the resort very well. Mm -hmm. And without a shadow of a doubt, uh, the uh, the hotel, the, the manor, it needed an injection. It needed a, a major reform. Uh, we had, we did work over the years, but you know, budgets are often tight in places, as you can appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the, the reopening, this will, it's just opening on a completely different level to, I think, anything we're going to have in this country. This is going to, this will be a, a, a resort that will be sort of one of the best in the world, not just one of the best in Ireland. This, the owners here, the people who own it, their manor, they aim high. They want nothing but the best. And that's exactly, I think, what we're going to have. We'll have an amazing resort. The hotel, you know, the hotel and the work that's been done in the, in the, in the older the Manor building is just amazing. I mean, looking at the exterior of the building already, I can see oh, massive improvements. So it's going to be, it's going to be just, you know, as I say, it's going to be off the scale. It's going to be a fantastic place. Amazing. Well, I'm, I'm excited to swing by because I know I'll be back in Ireland 
end of September, early October. So I'll have to make it a point to uh, we'll have to, to get it. that. Yes, I will definitely Absolutely. have to do that. Absolutely. And the grounds, there's major work being done on the grounds also, Jody. So the grounds are going to get, you know, they're doing a lot of work on the grounds there. So it's the whole place. Roads are being redone. It's just the infrastructure com- being completely redone. So it's going to be, uh, you know, it, it, as I say, it's going to be a top, top, top class right. resort. Wow. That is just incredible. Well, Willie, you've offered so much information and so many great, you know, great things for people to look forward to, especially, you know, for a visit to Adair. So I'm going to take you kind of clear opposite of that. And because I'm sure this is a question you get when you meet with people who are visiting Ireland. I'm sure they ask you, what should I be sure to see? So what would you say are three places in Ireland that people just should not miss if they're visiting? Okay, well, I tend to avoid the cities, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I prefer, and I always would have a, a preference for the for the, the countryside and the coastal areas. So it's, I suppose if I was to name three places, definitely... I would be saying go and go to the cliffs of Moher and along the west coast there. I would also be saying uh, Dingle in Kerry, that part of the world, to do uh, a tour of that area. And I suppose my favourite place in Ireland would have to be West Cork. Uh, you know, Ross Carberry, Skibbereen. I think they're just amazing. They're amazing. It's an amazing part of this country. And, you know, it would always be my personal you know, the place that I would have a, a preference for over all the others. Mm-hmm. I think West Cork is just a, an amazing county and there's a beautiful coastline around there. Plenty of nice places to stay, plenty of good restaurants down there, especially good seafood restaurants if that's what people want. And, and that's what I like when I, when, I, when, I do <laughs> with, when I go down around that part of the country. So, you know, so I would be saying West Cork, Kerry and uh, the Clare Coast, they for me would be would be my favourite parts of this country. All amazing places. And not too far from Limerick. Right. Well, there you go. Day trip from Limerick. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, Willie, thank you so much. This was It was so nice to talk to you again. I'm so excited to come back and visit after all the things are done there at Adair Manor. And, of yeah. course... I mean, with your new birds, obviously, you know, you've expanded quite a bit, and that's incredibly exciting as well. Yeah, I think so. We're, we're, we're delighted with the way things have gone for us now for the last couple of years. So if people want to get in touch with you, like you said, um, non-residents, which, you know, for those of us in the United States who may not understand that phrasing, that means people who are not staying on the estate, so not in the villas Correct. or not in the manor. So people could Correct. call ahead and set appointments with you. I know that you have a very, very nice website. Um, yes. And is it is it better for people to email, or would it be better for people to call, if possible, to or set it, their appointment? No, email email works fine, Jody. There's an email address up there on the website, and we get the inquiries in immediately as they're coming in. Wonderful. Well, Willie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I really enjoyed okay. it. Hi, Jody. Okay, thank you. Just a final editing note. When this podcast was recorded, Adair Manor was set to reopen in October of 2017. That has since changed to November of 2017, and reservations are being taken now. Thanks again for listening to the Traveling in Ireland podcast.